0: Hey everyone, welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort from Pixelkin.org and I am joined by my prestigious co-hosts Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable, and Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. The question on everyone's minds today is, why am I not an alcoholic at 24? And why, (laughs) exactly, and why why, why are we having
1: to do a scared not straight?
0: (laughs) If you talked to my roommate, you wouldn't be asking this question. You'd be like, Simone... Put down the wine. Simone, is it really time yeah. for that?
1: Uh, yeah. Come but, on, but, Simone, but, but, have the hand
2: grenade, if not for yourself, then for the people that care about you. Exactly. <laughs> for, 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 the,
1: for the thousands of listeners and the hundreds of Twitter followers, why were the okay, not the hundreds, the tens of Twitter followers, why did you not drink a hand grenade while yeah. when, you, when you were in the big easy? Come on.
0: I don't know what What's happened. Up? I the opportunity was right in front of me. There were so many of them. Everyone was walking around with them and I I I, I choked. I choked in the crucial moment of Googling. But it's so Tropical tasty. Isle. It's not
1: I mean, like look, it's it's not even hard. It's like it's Tropical Isle. Apparently they own four different bars now in, oh in, in the New Orleans area, according to Wikipedia. It's so tasty. It's like an ecto cooler, which <laughs> which you had to explain <laughs> to I me I had to what explain to was. you because you're too young. Um and, and, and uh, do you remember these, Brianna? Mhm. Mhm. the high c flavors i, I oh, remember yeah from, from from oh certain... yeah
0: yes the high sea ecto coolers that i have now seen
1: images of on google <laughs> there is a twitter <laughs> account that says bring ecto cooler back that is dedicated to the cause wow. it Has like thousands of followers yeah
2: that is wow that is a good cause i'm gonna start talking about this feminism stuff and like dedicate <laughs> Screw- my entire it's all about bringing professional back presence to advocating do
0: ecto coolers and... taste like real ghosts
1: <laughs> it tastes like orange juice, but um, it, it's green in color, which is amazing. Oh wow, it's very good. Well, it's that's very good.
0: That I know why they're gone. That's a sin against
1: God in nature. No, it's not. <laughs> it was a fantastic like add, addition to your lunch. Yeah, and no, for years great. it said new, and then it said wow. It was great. I mean, like when new, you had the- wow. <laughs> I mean, because it was new at first, and, and then it like ceased being new for a few years, and then it was like,
2: wow, or cool, or something. It was, it was funny. So, Simone, I took initiative, because I am a leader, and I take initiative. Yes. So I had my assistant, she she got on the phone with Tropical Isle, <gasps> she got some hand grenade mix. Your people called, called their people? I did. And they're sending, they aren't just sending you the mix, <laughs> they're sending you the hand grenade, like flask, they're sending you the hand grenade grenade all of that no right Are you, you will serious? have to go out this
1: is amazing this is amazing and if you don't make this correctly and you've got to chill this this is the one yeah. thing oh you, have when you make to. this you at have home to. yeah it won't be cold you have to chill it before you drink it because Ugh. that is the rule i mean genuinely honestly like having had a lot of these things and having also ordered the home mix i mean it was a decade ago but i did <laughs> yeah. once upon a time order the home mix um, you have to like chill it, and well, I'm always being, like chill, Christina. Well,
2: especially the Everclear. Oh. <laughs> oh, my
1: God!
2: The Everclear needs to be
1: in the freezer for a day or two before you start. Get started yep.
0: You're going to yep. make me buy Everclear. Okay, be real with me, Brianna. Are you mm-hmm. doing this just because in two weeks you're going to be here and you're going to force hand grenades <laughs> down my throat? <laughs> no, I mean the, no. This is, that,
1: That's just a nice side of no
2: right all right, right.
0: so brianna who no, had a development say, at alcoholism
2: <laughs> yeah i do have to say like i have been googling and finding the most awesome fl- magnetic flame stripe to put on the side of your car oh just my god so when i get in your car in seattle and we are hitting town <laughs> just so it can be up to brianna level standards oh, okay my god so yeah. yeah i hope i hope that everyone
0: who obtains financial capital in their lives uses it as generously and wisely as brianna Wu <laughs> does truly you are helping the needy here <laughs> that's true that's true
2: <laughs> alcohol hey, talk and flame about decals for everyone going to happen it's going to happen so speaking of uh things that begin with that a that is an amazing segue <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god right. you win
2: the show thank you thank you i'm all right. on today.
0: so everyone probably knows by now that google now has a parent company called abc xyz which larry oh <laughs> it's the, it's the website
2: and we'll it's be terrible. probably talking
0: about that later oh brianna doesn't like it
2: <laughs> Well, like, you tell everybody what's going
0: on. All right. So Larry Page announced on Monday night while I was in the
1: airport and this like,
0: like news flying in, in the left and right. Like,
1: it was right before our, our, our evening edit meeting. We were like, holy crap, what are we doing? <laughs> Way to like drop it. At the end of- <laughs> did you have to stay up all night uh, no, writing had, articles about it? I did an analysis piece. Uh, I did like two pieces within like 90 minutes of one another. And yeah, no, it was one of those things where we were like, really? The market closed and they announced it. And we were like, seriously, Google? Seriously? Sorry, go on. Tell us what they announced.
0: They announced <laughs> that uh, basically they're creating a parent company called Alphabet so that Google can be its own slimmed down service and it, it'll put some boundaries between what Google does and what the rest of the things that have been under the google umbrella are doing like calico like nest um oddly enough not like google fi
1: which is staying but with google but not, so but alphabet is not going to be but fiber, but fiber is, is it's, not it's yeah thing. the, the MVNO is part of android the isp is part of something else
0: Oh my god. So now Alphabet is the umbrella under which we have Google, which is its own thing, which is now uh, run by Sundar Pichai, who is the CEO of that, while Larry and Sergey are going to be pre- CEO and president, respectively, of alphabet which frees them up to do their own right wacky creative probably amazing uh, things and
1: susan can't pronounce her last name uh wachinski i believe it is is still the ceo of youtube which is under google which is under alphabet which is even more confusing but whatever oh my god
0: so i read a seth figerman's piece at mashable and he pointed out that in a financial times interview last year larry page had said that he considered warren buffett and and the businesses that warren buffett runs as a role model for what google wanted to do but
1: yes this is a very berkshire hathaway move
0: yeah but do you do you guys think it came out of left field because it seemed on monday night when i was reading all this stuff that everyone was really surprised but on the other hand like, it does make sense
1: seeing that Google is doing so many different things. It makes things. sense, but the timing is out of I, – I think the timing is what came out of last field. I think that the decision uh-huh. – and I'd love to hear Bree's thoughts on this, but I, I think the decision ultimately when we na- when we analyze it makes sense, but I think the timing was the thing that caught people maybe by surprise.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. And you wrote a you, – you
1: and Seth yes. wrote a piece about that, right? About, about basically yeah. why, like, it makes sense for Google to join the alphabet, which was my headline, by the way, and I think Aww. it was great. <laughs> alphabetized
0: is basically the best thing i think that has come out up out of this like alphabetizing that company it's been alphabetized <sighs> okay brianna do you have to say something
2: no 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 I was I was just going to agree with Christina. I mean, uh I think that I, it did catch a lot of people out of left field, but it's one of those things like as soon as they said it, it's it's just a blindingly obvious move, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, Google their their core problem is if you read if you read books about Google's founding, like In the Plex is yep. one of the ones i really liked. Uh Dogfight is also very good. Um but if you read about their founding, um the Google that operates in 2015 just has less and less to do with that original mission. Mm-hmm. Like Android does kind of tie into targeted advertising, but it's in kind of a roundabout way. And when you look at you know things that they're betting huge on, like Google Auto, um, you know, it just it's kind of moving farther and farther away. And these are big bets that are very googly kind of <laughs> of things to work on. That's by the way an adjective they use a lot there. But um you know it's it's it makes sense. And this way they can they can kind of have these really big bets. They can work Work on really big, you know, futuristic, like pie in the sky, let's aim Mm -hmm. as high as we can goals, but kind of not have it so tied to this core, you know, advertising business. I do have to say, um, I you know, happen to know a lot of VCs with kind of, you know, where I am right now. And I sure I've talked to a lot of them this week that feel like the structure of it is kind of frustrating. Really? it makes It makes sense because like, let's say Google Auto, let's say they start doing well, and they need to bring in some more capital to like try something, you know, this way, they can kind of sell off a little bit of that stock. And, you know, can bring in some outside investment, but it's not really structured in a way where it's easy for, like, investors to um, kind of look at specific parts of Google right. and invest in it. So, right. Or Alphabet, exactly. I should say. Because right so, now
0: Google is
1: its yeah. own. And correct. But then the right. stock under is, alphabet. Under, All the, still is under, alphabet, under Google, which right. becomes more complex, but yeah. Yes, right. I mean, I mean the symbol is still G O G G L or G-O-O-G-L or G O O G, depending on what um, market you're on. Mm-hmm.
0: When I was looking at it, it seemed like I mean, from a. a- branding perspective, it kind of frees Google from being associated with things that would maybe be considered failures to the public, like Google Glass, which went really sour in the public
1: image. It, potentially, yes, because that's now been moved under the nest unit. Um but most of the yeah. consumer facing parts of Google for now and I, I don't need to cut you off, but um even though I just did no it's uh, okay. Are still going to be under the <laughs> Google brand. You know YouTube, Android, Google search, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff, you know, Google Fi uh ostensibly google plus photos all the web services will still be under the google brand what the x labs will be its own thing google ventures will be its own thing obviously nest will be its own thing they will have this uh what do they call it calico which is like the the life lessons sort of stuff so they'll have their own or, or life uh, research stuff <laughs> yes exactly you know, the thing yeah. that will let leary and, and sergey live forever um
0: <laughs> Till they can complete their domination it, it, of every exactly. company in the world,
1: instead of just precisely. The but at this ones. point, it's one of those things where uh, most of the nest, notwithstanding, most of the consumer-facing brands they have will still, at least for the time being, be under the Google brand. Um, so it's not really hiding them that much from their failures. I, I think more to Bree's point, what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, okay. eventually that could be the case. But what one one of the things I kind of argued up uh, argued in my my story that I wrote with Seth about what Google has to gain by adopting the alphabet um is that it basically um, helps them um, manage expectations about their identity and their profits. So case in point, right mm-hmm. now when Google announces their earnings you know, what they have to disclose. And they've even said already in, in their filings, their S1 filings about this, that they will be reporting Alphabet's earnings and then Google's earnings will be broken out from that. But how Google within Alphabet mm-hmm. is broken out will be up to, to to them. So what this gives the opportunity to do is, let's say, you know, YouTube, do use an example that is probably never going to be true, is not doing well. <laughs> they could hide YouTube's failures by lumping YouTube into another part of Google. Um. And so, you know, or or CBC, which is a very real thing, like, you know, cost per click or, or, or cost per, you know, action stuff, if that is declining, they can put in ad tech maybe as one thing without breaking out those metrics individually, which is what they're doing now. And they might be able to have it in in a bigger bucket that's within the google bucket which is with an alphabet uh which is different okay so m- they might be able to hide some of the losses at least for the specific parts of the industry more um but I, you know at least for now i don't think the consumer most of the, what google has even said or excuse me what alphabet has said is that for consumers the alphabet thing is not going to be a reality You're you're mostly going to be interacting with google
0: yeah, that's what I was thinking. So for investors, it matters. My initial take was that for investors, that it, w- it would be a, a good thing because what they care about is the minds and the money yep. that are behind these projects. But it sounds like from what you're saying, that's there are maybe some downsides to that for them.
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, there could be, but I think that already the stock has gone way, way it's up. True, since yeah. this announcement. 6%. I think, I think what it does... I mean, that was just in after hours and it's continued to kind of rise. I think what it does is Google, I mean, to Bree's earlier point, you know, when it started it was the search engine and it became this ad business. And it's gone into other areas that have kind of gotten away from that, you know, when they're getting into drone delivery, when they're getting into automobiles, when they're getting into health services, when they're getting into potentially doing, you know, when they're getting into ISPs, when they're getting into, you know, uh, these moonshots. Mm -hmm. Um, It's sometimes hard, I think, for investors to look at Google and go, how is this key to your core mission? If you reestablish what your core mission is and you say our core mission is no longer simply search and collecting people's information, but it's to be the everything of everything um, and it can fit into one of these other companies, then I think it becomes easier for investors to say, well, this is worth investing in. Okay, so in. they
0: can see where the, the direction of that singular right, part right. that
1: they care about is going and better judge like right. its trajectory. Right. Because because Google's becoming a conglomerate. Um, you know, not, not dissimilar from Samsung or Sony. Um, it's just a, a software conglomerate, not really a hardware one. You know, but if you look at a company like, like Samsung is a great example. You know, Samsung Mobile is one of their biggest divisions, but Samsung has a car uh, division. They have robotics, they have healthcare. They actually own an enormous amount of hospitals in South Korea. You know, they have uh, manufacturing plants for different things. They are in hundreds and hundreds of different industries. Sony's the same way. Um and so what you think of LG is actually that, that way too. So it's in a weird way. It's a kind of a, it's similar to what other companies have done. We just haven't seen it done um, in maybe the last 50 years or so to, to this degree, certainly not from a software first perspective. But I think that it's one of those things where they're like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, we can be this. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people were kind of including my colleague, Seth, were comparing it to Berkshire Hathaway, which owns all these various businesses. um, And they don't necessarily, they're not all interconnected. They're just things that that Warren thinks are good investments. And I think in this case it's it's not maybe that broad, but it's things that, you know, Google thinks are representative or worth investing in.
2: Right. It all it all works on there. So, can I say a thing or two about that because like this is I, I I want to back up for a minute with this with this idea and kind of talk about it from like a real fifty thousand foot view from a Google drone um, view. And so just bear with me. This is going to all tie. This is <laughs> a, this is from, a drone from a Google view. drone. Bear with me. This is this is all going to tie in. So um, a few weeks ago, um, I had some people come to me and yeah, you know, they were asking me if I wanted to run for office, and yeah, you know, they were talking about. Yeah, you know, media training and money, blah, 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 blah. And I thought about it and I said no. And the reason I said no is because I believe that the biggest power to change the world right now is really lies in startups and things like Google. I mean, look at the US presidential race right now, <laughs> which is a circus um on one side of it. And I'm not I'm not trying to be political, I'm just trying to be factual here and say like I am increasingly unconvinced that government is going to be able to respond to things like global warming, rising sea Mm -hmm. levels, you know, things like this. So what excites me when I think about this is, you know, Larry Page and Google have really been able to deliver some real world-changing big bets. And, you know, when it comes to really confronting these problems, I... Truly have more confidence in a Google solving this than I do the United States broken political system. So what really excites me about this is, is thinking about like where humankind is going. And like how we get to that next evolutionary level. And like, we're working on cool stuff right now. We're figuring out nanobots. You know, we're figuring out like drone technology. Um, you know, VR is really coming in cool ways. And like, we're really about to move into a next phase of human evolution. So like having an investment structure that enables that kind of innovation, rather than making it about these short, term you know my myopic like you know investor concerns i i'm really excited about that does that make sense mm-hmm.
0: it that does make sense and then it also concerns me because the idea of the future lying in corporations and corporate interests what is appealing to those people at the time is also something i think when you're talking about small startups and things like that and even talking about google i you know because google is a brand that seems friendly and likable i'm like okay but then when we talk about corporations right try helping people i can't help but think that 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 is something i would rather keep in the hands of government even though like you i have very little faith you know like you do because i was in an airport watching cnn for 3 hours on monday night
1: <laughs> i'm
2: really sorry <laughs> no it was it was I'm a joyride oh um, no oh no so, right. yeah
0: that's that's how i feel about that right
2: right I mean, I'm not trying to be rah-rah-rah corporation, but I'm trying to say when it comes to solving some of these really big problems confronting humanity, I think this is a power structure and an investment structure that can kind of rise to that. Like, when you think about how we're going to right. counter global warming, it's – um, you know, it's, it's – that's not something the government right. is going to do. There's going to be a profit motive. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, space has been one of those great examples. You know, again, to, to go back to Elon Musk, you know, obviously right. – He's not going to have the sort of capital that the government would have to do that sort of stuff, but I think it's the two pieces
0: working mm-hmm. together, you know. But and on the other side of that, it's not as if government is completely out of corporate pockets either. So, uh, no, no, I mean that's the
1: thing; they all go back and forth. It, it,
0: it's that's the fun. Uh, I kind of want to ask you guys yep. what you think about alphabet not owning alphabet.com or the at alphabet handle. But first, before we do that, I'm going to let everyone know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. It is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical. And now you can add similar experiences to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be, means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add similar experiences to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want, including... Uh, PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more, all with a single integration. It's with you across all platforms with superior fraud protection and fantastic customer service and fast payouts. If you want to learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Braintree, for supporting this episode of Rocket. Again, that's BraintreePayments.com
2: slash Rocket. Seriously. We love them. We love it. So before, before we answer your question, can I just make one quick aside because I don't want to get angry tweets, you know? So, you know, I'm not... I, I want to be really clear here. You know, I'm not advocating like you know, Google <laughs> corporate control of anything because I know Page I'm get about that. You know, right? There was there there was a um, yeah, there was a a piece that came out this week. I forget where I saw it, but it was talking about um. This, uh, this reporter that went to a, um, you know, basically it was a, a summit with a bunch of Google people trying to figure <laughs> out how to solve the world's problems. And he was talking about how utterly divorced some of the people sounded from reality and how they came from this one perspective. Like, one person was saying like, he truly felt that um, this was the last political equality movement <laughs> that we've ever needed to even raise the history of humankind. So, yeah, don't, don't think I'm being utopian. I'm just saying, like, I think we have to invent this stuff before we can implement it, Mm -hmm. right? And I think this is a way to get some really cool um, answers that will kind of get humans to the next level. So I just wanted to be super clear about that. who has money
0: and who can do things with it. So speaking of who has money, (laughs) BMW.com – BMW BMW has Alphabet.com. And someone in the Midwest owns at Alphabet on Twitter. He's going to get so paid. I I don't know if he is, though. He said – I think it was. I read an article. I think it was on Mashable actually that implied that he's not interested in selling. Um, do you think it? Got, do you yes, guys think it has matters at all? Because I mean, Alphabet isn't isn't the forward
1: facing brand. It's Google. No, it's Google. And the thing is, I mean, I think that for the Twitter handle Alphabet Inc is fine. I don't. And I think that frankly, ABC.xyz, especially with the Huli Easter egg, is a better <laughs> URL than Alphabet dot um, com. Oh um to 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 clarify for people go to uh we wrote about everybody's written about it but there is a an a silicon valley for fans of that tv show there's an easter egg hidden within abc.xyz um they actually it's hilarious I saw that. very funny yeah.
2: um it is funny. Very, funny very funny
1: basically it there there's a, a period and they, they hit the link that is hidden to that goes to X Y Z. it's very funny but um, no, I mean I think that that frankly, abc.xyz is a better URL than alphabet.com. I think the thing I do honestly, really? I think that's, I think that's a great okay. URL. And, 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 cool. and I, and, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that the one fear that they'll have, and I and I think this will go away, is uh, similar to the problems Apple had with with Apple Music, you know, which was the uh, or Apple Records, I guess I should say, the, the Beatles um, album uh, company, is that. Because they are going to be wanting to get into the car space, BMW already has this brand and this trademark for Alphabet. Mm. That could be problematic for, for Google trying to get into the auto space. And, and um, I I could see BMW definitely trying to protect mm-hmm. that. But there's probably way around it. Even if it's not like the it. I mean, Alphabet car, it would still right. be a problem? I mean, well, well, I mean, it could be. I mean, Apple had to sign a, a pact with, with Apple Records that basically said, we're not going to get into the music industry. Oh, and, no, and, no. And, and, and it went so far. <laughs> That when they created a computer that had its own synthesizer chip built into it, Apple Records was like, "Oh no 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 no! You're now in the music industry." So they named the startup Sound, which uh, when you still to this day when you turn on the Mac, they named it so Sumi, spelled S O S U M I, and uh, so so it, you know when you read it in versus when you say it, it's, it, it's different. And and the idea was basically like uh, sue us, uh, but when iTunes became a thing, the iTunes Store became a thing in 2003, that was something that Apple had to negotiate again with the rights holders for Apple Records because they signed these agreements, you know, 25 years earlier basically saying we're not going to get into the music industry. So you never know and now obviously there's Apple Music and they're very much in the music <laughs> industry. Um and, and and they're the the sole online providers for the Beatles' music. Uh but it all comes full mm-hmm. circle, but my my point is that I could see why bmw would want to protect their trademark and i don't see bmw giving mm-hmm. it up i do think that there's probably an argument to be made that they that if google's saying we're not going to call the car company alphabet we're not going to make it anything that has alphabet in the title that they could probably get approval and and pay bmw something and get something away with it uh but i mean the fact of the matter is they're not going to get the domain alphabet.com bmw is gonna be able to, we're, we're taking that to the grave um i mean unless google buys so BMW. basically they're
0: wild westing it and just they don't care about it and
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, the funniest joke I saw, and I certainly am, I I don't know who first said this, many people did, but it was very funny, which is you think they could have Googled the name first before (laughs) deciding on what they wanted to call themselves. Oh, I I, I stole that from from other people. I, I don't want to in any way take credit because it was very funny. It was very obvious, but it was very funny.
0: Rihanna, you want to talk about how much you hate it?
2: No, I don't. I don't hate it. Um... I, I don't know. I, I think it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. Um, because like you said, it's a, it's a more of a holding company. I mean, yeah, I don't think it really matters what is a umbrella corporation mm-hmm. the investors are primarily going to hit you know so um, I don't know I guess my
1: question when you say umbrella corp I just think of Resident Evil sorry I just had to interject that
2: right no no you're absolutely right um, I, I guess my question with it is I've never seen an XYZ domain before so is this in was this one of the new domains that Google shot for with their ICANN bonanza free uh, yes, a few was. months ago it was a
1: couple, yeah, and I'm almost positive that Google actually owns the xyz thing that they are the registrar oh. behind that i'm almost positive that they're one of the ones that regardless they registered it in like um i guess like april of, of 2014 i believe it was or, or march of 2014 they, they registered it early
0: okay that's interesting that kind of that kind of opens things up if they do own xyz which i i trust you um i think that
1: they do but i'm not 100 positive okay
0: if that were the case, were that to be the case, I think that'd be that would open things up for them to just, I mean, have a suite of websites with that, um, that domain, um, that they could have under Alphabet that would kind of brand it that way. Yeah, <laughs> interesting, interesting. So, sh- hmm, I. We could move on. I'm also interested in uh, something Christina mentioned in her piece with Seth, where you talked about regulatory issues and the U- the European Union. Yes. That sounds like a big topic, so we don't have to address it right now. Um, we just talk about it after hours.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, and, and the truth of that is I'm not sure what impact that Willow okay. won't have. I certainly think, though, that it... Here's what makes sense to me. If, for instance, you wanted to get into a space where having information from somebody's web traffic information might end up being like problematic from a regulatory perspective. If you're wanting to get into, into an unrelated area or an area that, it could, that could be problematic, like say health or um, uh, automobiles or, or even like your ISP, having them at, exist as separate companies, at least to me, feels like that would relieve some of the regulatory challenges because in theory, uh, the Google car company would have to make um, a data sharing deal you know, in a partnership with Google the service or the alphabet car company would have to make a, a data sharing deal with with the google rather than just automatically being assumed that because we're part of the same you know company we can share it so that 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 was kind of my, my perspective from that from from that point of view interesting i'll be i'll be curious to see how that rolls
0: out so our second big topic for tonight is brianna's undying love for beats headphones um yes <laughs> so Beats does not have a great reputation for quality hardware, despite being, I think, one of the most recognizable brands out there. Um, at, when Apple bought Beats last year, people were wondering why Apple, which is known for its awesome functional hardware, bought a, a product that had such a bad reputation. But obviously they were confident enough to do that and then to name, you know, their radio station Beats One after that brand and kind of subsume that into Apple Music brianna you
1: want you 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 have beats headphones and you like them i do i do i do you love them you're like a beats freaking fangirl just own it and admit it
2: i am i am i will i am i am i am they're probably my i mean like my favorite thing i own is always my iphone right right? of course because Because Right. It's every, especially at the six plus, which is, (laughs) yes, I I would pick Rocket over my six plus. Well, no, I mean, not choice, but I would do that. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, um, I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this topic is, you know, when Apple first announced that they were um, acquiring Beats, uh, there was a lot of blowback on Twitter that I saw some of it from, you know, people in the Apple community, um, you know, some of it was from tech writers. And I just, I want to have- The audiophile people, the snobism that was in full force. Right. I, I think I would call it Apple privilege to a certain extent, that they couldn't really reconcile um, that brand with something like Apple, with something that, you know, was kind of seen as more- Urban, i guess would be the word for it and there was a lot of um it it was just kind of yucky and had some really uncomfortable overtones so yeah yeah
0: i saw a lot of drama about like whether the metal like the metal in the beats headphones was just there to give them weight and make it feel quality
1: which and then it turned out that the the, the, that story was based on a pair of counterfeit headphones yeah that's what i read as well
2: uh-huh. I didn't yeah, know so that. Yeah, so that's which got widely that.
1: spread around which is that they were just putting the metal in there to make them heavier and that they weren't doing anything and that they didn't have enough drivers. It turns out that the headphones they tested were fakes. Um, that proves two things. One, um, you know, just how much that's, you know, the, the fakes rake and spread before the real one does. And and two, um, how good counterfeit headphones are becoming that literally the packages the the whole thing even down to you know the the little um fabric holder for the headphones itself everything like that a professional headphone takedown company couldn't tell the difference um and, and yeah, yeah, yeah i
2: think that's really well said but I think it's also like with that story, I didn't even know it was counterfeit. Like they put weights in in, you know, professional mice yes. for your computer. Mm-hmm. So it has a good weight as you use it. So it's not, to me, outlandish that they would choose to do that. But it's it's beside the point. It's beside the point that, you know, um I, like you said, Christian, I'm kind of a Beats fangirl. Um, you know, my Beats studio headphones are my favorite things that I own. Um, I use them all day long. They tune out stuff. They sound great. They're wireless um you know i have their wireless two headphones which is um you know they're more of an in-ear the model versus that and you know i got um i uh had a somewhere where i did an appearance send me a really large apple gift card this week and i used it to buy a beats pill which is a really cool device so what i like about beats products is honestly the fashion is a big part of it but the really big thing is the ease of using it charging it is simple i I feel like they've they've taken out a lot of those pain points with using their products and you know i guess what i wanted to have on rocket today was a bit of an open conversation about you know beats headphones culture as an accessory and kind of the quality of them Mm -hmm.
0: Before we get into that, I'm going to let everyone know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Casper, our favorite online retailer of premium mattresses that Brianna Wu is going to use to slide down the stairs of the White House. Um, With Casper Mattresses, you can get an awesome mattress for a fraction of the price that you'll find in those horrible stores because, you know, they cut out the middleman. You can just buy the mattress. You don't have to deal with all the drama of walking into a store and sitting on mattresses mattress it it, it is (laughs) dramatic it's a very high drama situation as you sit on mattresses chariots of fire plays in the background and you suffer and you sweat to find a mattress but with casper you don't do any of that you go to a website and you look at the mattresses you want and when you find one that you want you will purchase that mattress and that mattress will be shipped to your home and the mattress will grow before your very eyes and you will test it out and If you don't like it, you can return it within a 100-day period for free. And there's free delivery. That's how awesome it is. So they provide mattresses that are hybrids of premium latex and memory foam. And you can get... um. A twin size for 500, a full for 750, 850 for a queen, and 950 for the king size mattress that you will want to spend the rest of your life dreaming beautiful dreams on
2: so so simon i have a question for you so i was re-watching ghost protocol this weekend uh with that ridiculously <laughs> hot guy from lost like the one that's so hot, you can't, so hot. like hot oh, oh. ridiculously okay so anyway so in in the opening scene the hot guy, like, is running off a roof, and then he throws something down beside, below him as he's falling off the roof, and then he hits it, and what it is is this mattress that inflates, and boom, and then it saves this life. Do you think I should try that on obviously. my roof Obviously, Brianna, I Casper can't believe you're mattress? even
0: asking me this. What kind of question? You know, they say there are no stupid questions, but obviously you should jump off your roof onto a mattress that you have only just a
1: second before flung off the roof thrown right no exactly you should because look, sawyer would do it and and if 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 josh holloway would do that that's the act i think, think they just call up, him hot way. like he so walks hot. in and they're like oh hot you're hired
0: hot
1: that's exactly what they say they're is like, hot oh, on set what's up Hot's Sawyer? Here. oh his hair he's so getting
0: hot in here
1: okay sorry
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i didn't mean to our whole show yeah all right so anyway yeah um casper mattresses are awesome you can get them shipped to your home again Free trial period. Great. Wonderful. If you are listening to this show right now, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash rocket and using the code ROCKET, both of which are the name of this show that you are listening to right now. If you are listening to this show, um, again, that's casper.com slash rocket code ROCKET. Thank you so much to Casper for supporting Rocket again.
2: I love you guys, and uh, yeah, we do love them. Yeah. So, Christina, what do you think of Beats headphones? Like you've talked about the hardware build of them. Yeah, like I like th- them. Yeah, changing. Look,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, they have changed. Look, the original ones. Can I bought a, a, one of the early pair of Beats headphones, and and they were like a big fashion statement. I was really excited, and then they freaking broke they like snapped oh. in half like they were really poor quality um but since you know they took over their own manufacturing when they took it away from monster and i talked to people at beats even this was before the apple acquisition like they were making a concentrated effort to make good headphones and i have to say like i think the studio wireless are some freaking great headphones like for a bluetooth you know over ear headphone i really like the studio wireless the solo twos which are on ears and just kind of like you know like 200 pair of headphones mm-hmm. i love to use those to walk around with and they have some wireless ones too and then what are the what are the bluetooth ones um called um uh, the, the beats uh
2: wireless too those are the yeah, ones but, i have the kind yeah, of in-ear yeah, yeah, model yeah, yeah the
1: in-ear ones but, I, but but they're they're called something um they're the beats
2: uh Oh, Power Beats. Power Beats, yeah, the Power Beats. I love yeah. the Power Beats. Yeah, those, I do too. And I
1: love those for working out, especially. They're yeah. freaking great headphones they're and they're really for comfortable.
2: because you can hear traffic and stuff. Yeah.
1: No, they're really good. I like them. I mean, look, are they the best quality headphones and best for audiophiles? No. But I don't think they have to be. And I think as a fashion statement, they work really well. And I think that a lot of times, there's a certain aspect of some of the criticism towards Beats that I'm going to, I'll be honest and say it, it feels racial to me. Mm-hmm it feels to me like because they're really popular in urban areas because it's a fashion statement i'm not saying everybody who criticizes beat says this because let's be let's be very honest there's a difference between before beats took over their own manufacturing in like late like uh, 2013 and um before they um broke off from monster did that when they were doing it with monster right exactly and and, and there's there's a difference there but i feel like Some of the criticism I hear from people is almost criticizing the type of people they see wearing beats more than the headphones itself. And there's a racial element to that that is very – it's subtle and I don't think a lot of people want to own up to it, but it's there. And that really bothers me.
2: Yeah, I think it's unconscious bias. Like, I don't think that people are sitting there thinking that. I think, like, on an unconscious level, they can't reconcile a, um, you know, something that they see as, like, more urban with Apple. And I think, like, right. that that juxtaposition is uncomfortable for them in ways they haven't really thought about. But, I mean, it's like you said, Christina. I think, like, in, I think this is a tech bias. Like, automatically going into it, it's like, what is the tech person's highest Concern with this? Well, it's the sound quality. I'm going to say flat out, like, good sound quality is important to me. But what is more important is style, because I don't want (laughs) to look stupid when I wear it. Absolutely. Um, You know, comfort an ease of pairing is the really big one because I do that so often. Yeah. No, and, so. and that is
1: one thing I think they're really good at and that a lot of other uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons I think the Beats um, as the, the studio uh, wireless are really good is that they pair so well and they're comfortable and you don't find that a lot with other um, Bluetooth um, on your headphones and or over your headphones rather and um, I mean, you make a great point about that, but but for me and, and I, I've said this as much when I've reviewed Beats headphones. Yeah, you have to take a certain amount of the fact that the fashion is a big part of it. And it yeah. is. And for a lot of us, if we're being completely honest, we can't really tell the difference between headphones. And maybe you know if you're really in a purposeful environment, these sound better than those. And and that's great if, if you're really like OCD and focused on that. I totally understand that and I respect it. But for me, especially since most of the time I'm listening to headphones, I'm either in I'm connected to a computer in an office with a bunch of other people around. So I can't really focus that much on the, you know, quality itself anyway. Or the more common scenario is that I'm walking you know, around the city. I want headphones where I'm on an airplane. I want headphones that are going to look good. I want them that are going to be stylish. I want them that are – because they are a fashion accessory. And I think yeah. that's what Beats nailed in the same way that Nike – And other shoe companies nailed um, that other headphone companies had never even approached. They made it fashion. And fashion is a big part of it. And I don't think that – I think a lot of people, even taking away kind of the racial and urban and maybe classist element out of it, they discount it strictly for the fashion component because it's popular, therefore it must be bad. And I go, yeah, you know what? But I want to look good. I want to have like fashionable like gadgets. I mean the iPhone – yeah. Is fashion? It's a great product, but let's make no mistake. Apple is a fashion Absolutely. brand as much as it is anything else. Well, so um, is your
2: Apple Watch. I mean, exactly. every, a, every, every, a, completely, every completely every tech person I know has gone nuts with the band combination, <laughs> the shell combination. Do I get black? Do yeah. I get silver? We, Do I we get all, think about, yeah, we all think about yeah. We all think about how our technology looks and then it's, how it's we're a, going
0: to look using it, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And it doesn't sure. tell you anything about. So yeah.
2: why is. Right. So why do headphones not count? Like, why, why is with tech people? Well, like, I mean, audiophiles, really people about, who are listening yeah. to
0: music or audio in any way, just to enjoy the quality of that sound. I, I don't know that that's like, like Christina's example of walking down the street. I don't think that's something that they're doing walking down the street. I think it's something you do in isolation, you no, know, you're not. alone with your thoughts. So it doesn't matter to them. Like, it's just not a consideration. And that's not a bad thing. But yeah.
1: No, and I and I think that part of the, the the criticism I've heard a lot from people has been that they um you know don't sound good enough for what they cost. And again, I feel like that would be fair if they didn't look the way they look. I feel like you pay okay. Look, you're buying a three hundred dollar pair of headphones. They probably are sounding like let's. I'm going to be totally honest. I think they probably sound like a hundred and fifty dollar pair of headphones, and I'm paying the other hundred and fifty dollars because of how they look. Now, to me, that's a completely fair trade off. Sure. I'm buying – I'm going into it understanding I'm not buying a $300 quality pair of headphones in terms of music quality. I'm buying headphones that are half music quality. They'll sound like $150, bucks, which are still sound great, still mm-hmm. sound way better than like the, the phones that come with my iPhone and most people's headphones are using. And I'm getting this great fashion accessory. And I think that that's how I always explain beats to people. I'm saying, you know, if you go into it with the understanding that, yes, a big part of the reason I'm paying this premium is for the look – and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that there are some people, especially in tech, and, and, and I think, again, this is why tech people had a hard time with the Apple Watch, uh, which was a great point. To, to your point, Simone, you know, and, and, and Brie, both. You know, it is a fashion object. And I think that it's it's one of those things that a lot of early reviews of the Apple Watch were negative because they couldn't understand that a big part of the price that has to be, like, calibrated into why you're spinning what you're spending is because of the look, is because of, of the fashion aspect. You can't just simply take it as a sum of its parts. We've taken it for granted that the iPhone costs about the same as other phones and it's this fashionable piece of of technology. But even if you look at a Mac, you know, a similar, you you can make arguments all day long that a similarly spec, you know, spec to spec and quality to quality Mac costs about the same as a PC. That's really not true, though. You're paying, you know, three to four hundred dollars more because of the look, because of the design. And we're all fine with that. I just feel like you have to understand the same reason that I spend more money for a Kate Spade purse, or you know, uh, something from BCBG, or something else. Even if a wallet, for instance, wallets a great example. I will spend more money on a wallet if it has a Kate Spade logo on it. Than if it has no logo, or if it has Coach on it, because I want the Kate Spade, it might look almost identical. I like the label, and I'm completely—I personally am completely fine with being a label whore. And I think for a lot of people, you know, having that B, that lowercase B, became a label, and that is a huge part of what you're paying for, and that's fine.
2: Like, well, I so- think there's also—I think there's also the quality you know, element of that. Like if I go I can certainly go buy a cheap knockoff Kate Spade bag or yes. you know something that looks the same but doesn't have that logo. But I also know a Kate Spade bag is gonna last me for years yes. and years mm-hmm. and years and years. And I've bought a lot of cheap pairs of headphones. And sure. you know Beats is ext- they are extremely well made.
1: They they are now they are. They used to not be. Okay, and but well, and, 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 sure. and, 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 and honestly that's something they've had to fight back themselves. And Beats sure. knows that is They were not good headphones. I babied my first pair and they broke in half. Like literally like the plastic, where the plastic goes, bro- broke in half. They sent me a replacement pair. The same thing happened. Wow. And at that point I was like, you know, and I'd spent $250 or something on those headphones. And I went, screw you guys. And it was a couple of years before I was willing to try them again. I think about my first pair in 2008. And... um they certainly are a much better quality. You're, you're you're dead on. Um, But one problem I have had with Beats, and I will say this, is I've had an issue with uh, the cable that comes to connect the headphones where one half of it will, it'll it'll kind of stop working and like one headphone will sound fine and one won't. And I have to replace the cable, which is not a big deal to do, except if you've got like a custom color or a different color, it, you can't, it's hard to find the cable like in that specific color that matches your headphones. Anyway, I'm just saying like, if I wanted to get a really great pair of, sounding headphones that sounded really good um and were like a good value for their money i'd probably get a pair of clips if it were me but i will pay more for the beats because they sound good Mm-hmm. But they've got the label, and they look good, and I know that they're lit, they're real, and they're legit. Well, if we're talking about Beats as a fashion item,
0: I think we should ask: At what point maybe does the brand go out of style? And do you think that at that point will it hurt them that they cost what they do and look, you know, as iconic as they do?
1: Right. I mean, and I think that that's always the challenge you have with any fashion brand: is you have to, you have to you do that a couple of ways you stay on the forefront of whatever trends are so you redesign things when you need to you know you look at what nike has done um uh, chuck taylor you know with, with commerce yeah. right they just recently redesigned you know uh chucks um they still kind of look the same on the outside um they but they it, it's the first time they've really redesigned the shoes in like 80 years um but they've made them better on the inside but they still kind of have that same outside look right like chucks look like chucks look like chucks yeah
0: You know, that's really a good example because I was thinking headphones, they generally, they they have to look like they do. But you brought up Chucks, which have literally looked the same for years, and they did manage to redesign those, so – yeah. Right.
1: And 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 but, but it was kind of in a minor way. But also I mean I think that one of the things beats us on is that they have the different colors. Yeah. You know, which makes it different. I mean, I think sneakers are probably one of the best examples where you can find a way to make them look different and to stay on style. Even Apple is a great example. You know, the iPhone and, and MacBooks and other things, they keep the same look for a long time and they still look stylish. I think if you have a classic good example, colors are one of those ways people will um coordinate. Um what typically makes a lot of fashion brands uh historically what has made them like less successful is when they've li- overly licensed themselves and they've made too many products like gucci ran into this in the 80s um and then you know obviously tom ford famously brought them back and whatnot but like they overly licensed themselves to everything so you would see a gucci logo on everything and they, they, they it, it was devalued and then tom ford one of the big things he did was he kind of like reorganize that entire house and said no we're going to make this a high-end brand again and you've seen that with with other fashion companies too i think as long as they can kind of you know keep a not have too many products not devalue the brand and understand when they need to change things stylistically you know there's certain designs that are kind of iconic and that last a long time and i think that the beats and and this some of this credit does go all the way back to monster they came up with a good design and um and I think that that honestly, a lot of what people buy the beats for are the colors. Colors was kind of a genius idea, you know. You have them. I have a red pair of. Um, I have two red pairs of beats, and I have a um, kind of this, this like grayish bluish pair that I love you know and like it, it's fun to coordinate and you know <laughs> like I would love to have some pink beats like there are di- you know there but that's the sort of idea kind of the similar way with watch bands you know you you buy different pairs the difference is yeah they're expensive but they look good and they can go with things and for a lot of people who the same way they don't blink twice at spending three hundred dollars on sneakers that are basically the same but match a different outfit they'll you know get you know um, headphones that have their same color combinations so or you have limited editions you know there, there are different things you can do. But I mean, when are you going to get your soft pink beats to
0: match your soft pink Apple watch band?
1: (sighs) As soon as I can get the Apple watch band.
2: Did you ever get that, Christina? Did you ever get that?
1: No, that's a great interruption. No, I was at the Apple store yesterday and I was asking them like, when are you going to get the soft pink modern buckle? They're like, order it online. I'm like, I'm like, like, I can't order it it online. It's not available online. I don't know. So if anybody from Apple is listening to this, please, I will like I will Venmo you uh thank you that's, that's a brain tree reference right there uh I will I will Venmo you money I will I will buy it instantly I will give you 250 dollars. like without even blinking I want the free help help
0: com. I'm going to start a hashtag about
2: that like justice <laughs> free for Christina. The soft pink yeah. leather <laughs> we will do that but I mean, in return to your point, Christina. I think Apple has, for a really long time, had that same Tom Ford or Gucci problem of like putting this logo on a not great product with some of their um, cases and accessories for women in their stores. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna give specific names, even though I really want to. But the sock, you know, the it's, iPod it's sock, it's very really frustrating because like. Uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you know, I, I would really love to have a really cute, well-made bag that really fit my iPhone 6 Plus. I actually looked online for like two hours for this last week, and you, you can't find it. And when people do partner with Apple for these kind of like fashion cases or bags for your MacBook or something, I've yet to really be impressed with the I got one from Kate Spade that I love. Oh, really? Okay, well, you'll, we'll put that link in the show notes. I want to see this. So, but I, uh, my, my overall point is The the brand I'm talking right. about isn't Kate Spade, but I think that there's a there's a quality Absolutely. problem there. And yeah, you know, my message is if you make something that is fashionable. And works with technology these days, be it you know a really good case, a really good bag, headphones, anything. Like an Apple. Like if someone came out that was doing good Apple Watch bands by a third party that were superior to the Apple looks, like I am willing to pay money for that. And I just I think like Apple fans have been on the other edge of on the other end of that criticism before like lay off people that buy beats it's stupid yeah
0: well you know this this works because apple's like headphones and things like that don't have a great reputation but now they have beats which looks fancy and fine and works fancy and fine as well <laughs> i will say the
2: earpods my puppies <laughs> love to chew up the earpods. They do love. very quality headphones That's for a dog so chew toy. They've eaten like four pairs of those. Right. Yeah. Can I tell true. you
0: guys it's about true. Squarespace? Squarespace. Love Squarespace.
1: Squarespace. Squarespace. This and actually, this fits in. Um, huli.xyz, which was the that the the link that Google put in abc.xyz, is a Squarespace. Oh my site. god.
0: That is the perfect time. That's so funny, right? Isn't that okay, great? well, that just goes to show you that Squarespace is the easiest and fastest way to start building your website today. Even Google uses it, or rather, Alphabet uses it. So, you know, HBO, 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 my bad. If you enter offer code Rocket at checkout, you will get ten percent off your Squarespace. Purchase. So, next time you're building yourself an online home to showcase your products or showcase yourself, there is no better way to do that than with Squarespace. Uh, It takes, you know, all the pain out of building a website. It puts all the power in your hands, no matter how inexperienced with coding you are, no matter how experienced with coding you are. It makes it super easy to create a professional looking website using their beautiful new fancy templates. Um, And it also has tools that you can use. To make your website look and feel exactly how you want it to look and feel. Designing websites is pain and suffering. We all know this. We've all worked on websites. Squarespace takes all that away from you by giving you state-of-the-art technology to power your website, as well as security and stability. Um, so yeah, check out their site templates. They have a bunch of new ones with Squarespace 7. They also have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They can help you no matter where you are in the world. Um, and you can start building a beautiful website. This very second, even as you're listening to me, when you go to squarespace.com and enter the code ROCKET at checkout. <laughs> we've been talking about this literally for months we either need to stop talking about it and do it or no yes we need to stop talking about it and do it or never talk about it again (laughs) 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 um but yeah because we for just you know eight dollars a month could get a squarespace plan and start building your own website And we should, so that we can sell Rocket t shirts to all our wonderful fans.
2: We need a fandas.biz equivalent, but for Square, for like Rocket.biz. Rocket.xyz. Isometric. We should do that. Yeah. Surprise. We're owned. (laughs) (laughs) Rocket.xyz. What?
0: But yeah, you can start your uh, Squarespace trial with no credit card required. Um, Go to squarespace.com, enter or offer code Rocket. Thank you, Squarespace, for
2: sponsoring this episode of Rocket. We adore you. So, dessert topic, Christina. I'm so psyched about your panel. Okay, sorry. Uh, I can I let Christina to... introduce.
0: Yes. Christina, you're doing a South by Southwest panel,
1: <laughs> or your pitch? Well, one. no, we are. We are. We have it for submission. We don't oh, okay. know yet if we're going to be chosen. So please vote for us the, at the South by Southwest panel picker. We will put a link in the that show makes notes. That an um, even more but,
0: crucial topic. We can vote. It does. We can exercise the democratic process.
1: We can, which is the South by Southwest way of begging all your friends and family to vote for a topic to be chosen. No. So at South by Southwest 2015 this year, my friends uh, Bianca, um, Marie, and uh, John and I did a panel um, basically talking about kind of like social media marketing practices like for brands and and, and companies, you know, things for them to avoid and and, and like best practices and tips. And this year we wanted to do a follow-up panel for 2016 and we have – titled it um you know um think like a troll act like a brand (laughs) and the idea is basically that if you're going to be running these social media accounts and and running these kind of marketing things you've got to go into it thinking like a troll how would a troll disrupt this hashtag campaign if you're coke you know what what would gawker do to make your your you know insert happiness you know thing terrible (laughs) um if if you're you know a bill cosby uh special maybe creating a make your own meme tool a couple of weeks after hannibal burgess uh reignites you know um the allegations against your client maybe you don't create a meme tool that you let anybody create stuff for which ended up kind of bringing down his whole career like so the idea is you know think like a troll act like a brand and um yeah i mean basically our idea is is Advice for companies that are wanting to engage in social media, how they can do so that is both relevant and talking to their audience um, without getting caught up in kind of the nightmare situations that you see happen with some people where they see a hashtag campaign, they jump on it, and then it ends up being really terrible. Yeah, that's the hard thing.
0: I think because memes, especially are so fast moving, and they are evolving every single day. And certain brands do it really well, like Denny's, for example, and then certain ones, it just feels so forced. And it I guess from from the standpoint of an internet denizen like myself, it makes them look silly. But do you think, from the standpoint of the average consumer who doesn't live in the depths of Tumblr, do you think it it helps them look relevant, or can we all tell when um, a meme is forced? This might be off topic. Oh, we, for can.
1: You. we can, we can, and and that's sort of the point of of a follow up. You know, the, we we had a um, you know, our session last year was talking a lot about being genuine and having the people that run your campaigns. Be genuine and, um, you know, hire millennials. Well, no, but that well, that that is one of the things. Hire them, but also hire them, hire the right millennials because sometimes you have people who are just. Talk saying "bay" too much, you know. Like there, there's this Twitter account new <laughs> brand saying "bay" on Twitter, and some oh of God. them work really well because they're they're engaging with their audience the right way, and then some of them go way too far, and that's kind of the difference. Is like you can hire millennials run your social media, and maybe you should, but that millennial needs to also be in tune with who your brand is mm-hmm. and know what their mission is and not go too far. A great example, and we used this in our um, panel last year um, was when Iggy Azalea was <laughs> on Twitter about Papa John's. Um, It was a very serious issue. She'd ordered some Papa John's pizza. like This is like the day of the Grammys. (sighs) And the person delivered it and then realized it was her and gave her phone number to the person's sister. And then she started getting texts from this person saying, oh, are you really Iggy Azalea? And so she complains about this on Twitter. And instead of responding to a very real customer complaint, which is your delivery driver gave the phone number and personal identical information of one of your customers to someone else, you know, in Mm -hmm. this case, a family member. First, Papa John's response when she called the store was, "Oh, we talked to his mom. His mom talked to him. That's not a good enough response." And then Papa John's took the decision to try to make a joke about it on Twitter, oh. which was not cool. It's like, look at this point, you are nope. in deep ish, right? Like you need to be apologetic and understand your brand perspective here is for customer service and not to be funny and not to be everybody's That's a really friend. Good point. And so. You know, Papa John's looked really bad. They they did they they did a total disservice there. DiGiorno actually ended up winning. They made a very funny comment where they're like, uh, "You know, delivery a you know SMH you know shake my head." That was funny. That was fine. But for Papa John's at this point, when you're in the doghouse, it is not the right moment for you to make a joke. You need to be apologetic. And I would actually say this is a problem that Spotify has run into with Taylor Swift. And we've talked about this before. I personally think that what her whole beef with with Spotify is has less to do with The business model, I think that's part of it, but I think that what hurt her, what what has made her more angry, is the fact that they started the whole thing by kind of trolling her on social media by putting 1989 on Spotify and blacking it out and saying, "Oh, if you want to listen to this album, annoy the artist." And then when she pulled all of her music after they did that. Um, their response rather than, again, to be kind of trite and apologetic and, and, and very, you know, kind of upfront say we're sorry we were wrong, which is what Apple Music did. Spotify created a playlist of songs to listen to until Taylor comes back and, and we're jokingly writing blog posts about like, oh, you know, when we were both young when we first met, you know, and and, and not at all the right response to a real business concern. So right? they tried to play so off th- and
0: pretend to be invulnerable in that situation. But what they needed to do was be humble.
1: Exactly, and and that's kind of you know I think that's kind of going to be the the point of of, of our. Um you know, talk. conversation. You know, so, so like uh, what what our, what our panel, uh, you know, thing says is, you know, it's like think like a troll, act like a brand is, you know, online haters don't like it mm-hmm. when brands show up in their Twitter feed. They came to have a conversation about a trending topic, you know, like Caitlyn Jenner's, you know, standing Vanity Fair cover, not see a brand invite her to eat pizza at, the, at their chain restaurant. But when they do something remarkable and put themselves in the mind of haters, they end up creating content uh, people want versus stuff they find annoying mm-hmm. and that's where you have like you know uh, Marie who's on our on our panel um, uh, who goes by the name of the sassy tweetress she ran the Sherman Twitter account for a long time and Sherman was well known as having one of the best oh Twitter accounts because because she was funny and she was great, and it was the the Charmin account was really funny. She met that perfect balance. That's what you need. Um, you don't want to be a story that Mashable or Engadget or somebody else is writing up because you've had social media fails because you've tried to get in on a trending topic and have made something really terrible. You want to be right in the situation and talking to people in a conversational way, but also understand that one of the main reasons people come to social media for brand purposes is to complain or to get information.
0: And you don't want to cross that line. Yeah. You are the first line of defense against customers who are
1: dissatisfied. You are the first line of defense. So so you want to be like Denny's, but you also want to understand that Denny's, and, and hopefully Denny's knows this, that if there was some sort of major problem, the response to that is not to make jokes, but to be like, we're so sorry, how can we help you?
2: So what did you think about Tinder's Terrible. response like this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think yes. you should go over the Tinder headquarters and talk to them about it. I mean, yeah, do you want to give people background on so, that? So yeah. Vanity
1: Fair, Nancy Jo Sales, who's a fantastic writer, she actually wrote – um Amazing writer. Amazing. She wrote um, the book uh, "The Bling Ring," which became the the um, the movie that Sofia Coppola did um, about uh, the uh, kind of um, sort of rich, you know, suburban uh, teenagers who robbed a bunch of celebrity houses. Um, anyway, she's a really great writer. She wrote an article about "Tender" and what it kind of means is kind of like the end of romance and dating. And it, and it's an interesting article where it kind of looks at the fact that you know it's become uh, it almost encourages this hookup culture. And whether you agree or disagree with her thesis, it ask some interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Well, Tinder took issue with this because obviously it kind of presented Tinder as <laughs> a place where people just go to have, you know, an easy one night stand versus getting into relationships. And and as um, a bigger company, you know, they were part of IAC. Now they're going to be going, you know, public as part of, you know, Match and all those sorts of other dating sites. They don't want to be seen as just a place where people go to get an easy lay. They want to be say, seen as like the future of romance. That's obviously mm-hmm. not true. And, and if you look at how they've been built, you know, clearly the one night stand thing is, <laughs> I would argue, much more of how their brand is. But they're trying to kind of get away from that yeah. and become product. quickmatch.com Fine.
2: Right. But they're... in. I I thought yeah. it was very childish. Yes. I thought it, it came and across the as they was, gave somebody that was yes. twenty their uh, Twitter yes. account and said, and what "Here they you did. go." Exactly. And then they what went. They,
1: how they responded, they, they they gave twenty, like literally twenty tweets, twenty or thirty tweet responses yeah. to the article, trying to say well, we've done all these things and 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 only certain you know basically taking the article apart point by point. All it really did was make them, as you said, Bree, look childish, uh-huh. look petty, and draw more attention to an article they're trying to not draw well, attention yeah, to. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Twitter is the platform to res- – like, if you're doing 20 or 30 tweets on a thing,
0: you're doing a rant. You're not doing a a measured, thoughtful response. Like, that's not what it
1: looks like, no matter how, you know, eloquent it might be. It, it, it comes right. off that way. But well, not only that, but what, but the thing that really got me is that they said, you know, next time reach out to us for comment. That's what professional Ooh. journalists do. And in Nancy Joe's Sales, her response was, what, you mean I have to at- get permission from a company before, before I write about them? I mean, she, there was nothing that she said that was controversial in terms of the facts. They might disagree with her thesis. They might not like what she said. But it wasn't as if she was saying things that were untrue. Yeah. And so for them to then pick apart and try to call into question her – integrity as a journalist simply because they didn't like that it wasn't a fluff piece which let's be honest most things written about tender have been very very positive this is one of the first negative Mm -hmm. things from a cultural standpoint they've seen um and the fact that that's how they responded to it makes them look really petty like you said really really petty and childish
2: yeah yeah so i mean uh... You know, I love the thing at the end of it. It's like, uh, you know, they go, you know, it's basically, don't tear us down. Hashtag generation tinder. And then Jezebel's like uh Let's not go crazy. Like you make a dating app, so <laughs> right?
1: where well, you make right. a dating app that, let's be honest, most people use for quick hookups. You know, I mean, like the whole point of Tinder and look, and most dating apps and look, this is how most dating works: is that it's very much attraction based. You swipe left or swipe right. I'm not gonna lie. Like as a, as a married person who has never used Tinder, I've used it for friends of mine where they've let me use their accounts, and I'm like, oh, I think <laughs> this person's cute. This girl's <laughs> cute. Or this guy's cute, or whatever. But like, other than that, you know, I've never used it in a in a dating scenario and i and i hope i never have to um you know cuz i'm i'm happily married but um you know like all all it, it's a great concept swiping left or swiping right that's a really smart smart idea but like let's not be let's be honest the whole point of tinder is basically not having to go through all the profiles and read about something. and it's just choosing yeah. i like you and you like me and now we can talk and that's well, but, uh, about tinder, kind of cutting is a game it's completely a game you're yeah. swiping and swiping and
0: then you get you know, that, that feedback of a response. And I, I, when I, I use it very, very briefly because I don't date, but you know, I was terrified of actually getting messages on it, but yeah, it it totally like hooks you in and you just want to keep going further and further and, you know, see what, who you, who you end up finding and yeah, more commentary on Tinder itself than on, you know, brand relationships, but yeah.
2: I I guess like turning it back to your 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 topic, Christina. I mean, something I've really long admired about you is I think you have a real skill as a journalist, and I I've thought this long before we started doing the show together of really figuring things out about the zeitgeist and and kind of finding a, a spin. Christina on it is that's compatible really with me yeah she she has a very like the the periscope mm-hmm. piece was a really good example of that and i think I think what you're talking about here is is it's a really powerful idea, and you know something I find it so frustrating sometimes when I talk to um <gasps> marketing people that are trying to figure out how to represent um you know my company right. or other companies is there's not that there's not that part of your brain that is thinking like Uh, It's the worst analogy, but like a troll, like you said, like, what is the thing that's provocative? What is the core of this message that's going to kind of get people to respond to it? Mm -hmm. What is going to grab your attention? Like when we were starting my company, we saw women in games being a hugely emerging thing. And I saw this all the way back in 2010. And I quadrupled down on it as we grew our company. That was a really good bet in kind of feeling what people were going to respond to. So I think um I think this is a really smart lesson that anyone that cares about, you know, marketing their product well should be thinking about. Because you're right. It's about finding that little bit of you know virality with it, but representing your brand well, which is why no <laughs> Yeah, it's F-word so it's so Twitter, interesting so, because so, you have to have your finger you know, on that live right.
0: wire of what culture is doing. But then when you're interacting, and, and in that way you're you're thinking as, you know, As a person on the internet. But when you're interacting with individual customers who might be dissatisfied, you do have to think of it very much as a face to face like conversation, like, what can I do for you? I'm not going to be rude to you. So yeah, I that's it is a really, really unique challenge. And I think I'm really interested to hear your full speech. Spiel about it. Yeah,
1: no. So if you guys are, are in favor of this, um, you can register and, and vote in our panel picker. We'll have a link in the uh in, in the show notes. Um, but we really hope we get chosen because I think it's a great topic. And I and and, and, and it's, um, you no, know, it's I, I, I can't take for credit for it, but something that kind of came from a conversation that the four of us who did our panel last year were having um with one another. We said, hey, we want to submit another topic. We really enjoy talking to one another, and and I think that you know we come at it from different perspectives. You know, some of them are on marketing teams. Uh, John um is is the social editor at Engadget. I obviously write about this stuff and kind of as you said you know sort of my pulse on it and and understand like when there's a fail how you will get written about and kind of the goal is like you want me to write about you because you were oreo who everybody tried to recreate (laughs) that super bowl moment with oreo where they you know said oh you know the lights are out do do a dunk that was brilliant and perfect you want that moment you don't want to be seen as somebody who's you know clorox talking about bleachable moments it then had racial overtones that was unnecessary like that you don't want that and so it it becomes like what's the balance and also when do you maybe shut up and also when do you not engage because a troll is going to take advantage and, and maybe ruin what you're trying to do
2: yeah absolutely if i can say one more quick thing on this um i also have uh I I was approached about three South by panels. Um, I only worked with one together putting the presentation about. It's on VR. And it's a topic about... um, Basically, it's a bunch of women that are working in VR... And we're working on different problems with VR, like trying to figure out how you do emotional narratives in VR, how you, you know, have gameplay that works with that. What are the boundaries of VR? So, uh, you know, we've got a panel about Look that. And I think VR is one Huge. of the hugest topics that we are not talking about enough. So please vote for my panel right. too. So, Yay. <laughs> so before Yay, we yeah, go yeah. into
0: what we are doing this week, I just want to mention that on August 18th, it's going to be the first anniversary. Of our beloved network, Relay FM. Yay! Yay! It's so awesome. So, yeah, and on August 18th uh, at 1.15 p.m. Eastern Time, Mike and Steven will be streaming a QA session, and they'll just talk about uh the network and what the first what happened in the first year. It should be pretty awesome. So uh, if you want to ask them a question in advance, tweet it to at Underscore Relay FM with the hashtag Relay QA. Um, and they will see it. And uh, you, yeah. So be there. Be square space.
2: I have a question in advance for <laughs> well, Relay. It. I have a question in advance for them. Okay. So Fine. let's, i will going to ask you here on the show because <laughs> I know they edit it. So this is my question for Relay and I want this answered. So let's say that there was like a, um, an accident in a mattress factory and steven and mike were were somehow taken out at what <laughs> point does christina warren like secede like relay fm as the president like where does christina warren fall in the chain of operation is she third because i think she should be third so Aww. that's my question for mike and Stephen. well until I need someone
0: younger and fairer succeeds her <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be you miss like, quasar yeah. do you want it where do you feel like you lay like you should you should be there too i think this was you before be we started uh, yeah.
0: broadcasting christina and i are in a fight over who looks more like snow white uh, uh and it's me it'll probably be settled when we meet in portland
1: <laughs> when we meet in person and you're gonna see no and the only reason i say this is i know i'm whiter than you i know i am, <laughs> yeah, really she, totally is. am she, is. she is she
2: is she is I've met both of you. I'm so it's no, I'm, I'm like, and, and I'm, I'm not sorry, proud of Simone. this. I look like an albino. Sorry, I'm yeah. so
1: pale. It's ridiculous. Like, literally, put it this way: MSNBC. They have to buy special makeup from me and Anna Marie Cox. Oh, my God. Like, they literally, they buy, what? like, white. Like, they recently got some makeup in and the makeup girls were telling me, oh, I got this color. And I looked at you. it was like, you're the only one light enough. You and Anna Marie Cox are the only now two. Now that I think of it, it the enough, only
0: time I've it's... seen you in motion has ah. been when you're on the news. So I, I might be ready to lose this bet.
1: <laughs> but I will
0: still fight you. And then I will ask All you. Right, that's fine. I will love to fight you. And then we will yeah. hug. And we will, like, have then a great you'll time. Then shove a poison apple down my throat. It's fine.
1: Okay. It is fine because look, the, look, the wicked, look, the wicked queen was beautiful. Man.
0: She was always, see, that's my thing. Like I, I know I will always be the Disney villain because my eyebrows are too strong to be the Disney princess. So, you know, I, ha- mm, I have to embrace mm. that. So maybe I'm your wicked stepmother. Ooh. Ooh, time travel. Christina, tell me what you're up to this week.
1: So, tomorrow, um, as we record this, we're recording this Wednesday night. So, today, as you guys are listening to it, Samsung is having a huge event in New York City and announcing new phones.
2: (gasps) I know. It hasn't really gotten a lot of attention. But there is a new
1: Note and there is a new Galaxy S6 Plus. Um, I'm going to say this now because it will be live in in 12 hours or in less than that. So, whatever. Uh, It's going to be funny, though, because there will be the iPhone 6s plus, and then there's the Galaxy S6 Plus. That is an
0: assault against humanity, isn't? Is it not? Oh, Oh, they're so they are. the SEO is going to be insane
1: for everyone, I love it. (laughs) So no, so I'm going to be going to that periscoping live from that event, and uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. You know, Samsung is. Even though they're having financial issues with some of their phones, they're still a huge company. And so we're super excited about that. And that's the yeah. first really, really big phone release of the year. Um, IFA is uh, happening in, uh, or, or, or the, I guess, the, the fall, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, IFA happens in a couple of weeks. We'll have some people there. But no, I mean, that's the rest of my leak. The rest of my week is going to be Samsung focused, so that's uh, that's what I'm up to. That and um, you know, preparing for uh, more Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> madness um, uh, over the weekend.
2: I love your tweets on that, by the way. I love your tweets on that. Yes, yes. Thank yes. you.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. It's 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 an amazing, amazing television. Um, that makes me feel better about myself and every single level Christina, that I'm not one of those Did people. you see that trailer is there isn't there a movie coming out that's like a behind the scenes of a dating show like that? It's a TV show on Lifetime. It just ended its first season. It's called Unreal. It's fantastic. It's, it's renewed for a second season. Um, It's really good. I knew, I knew you'd be the right person to ask about that. <laughs> it's a really good show. Watch it. It's called Unreal. If any of you guys listen to the podcast, it's really fantastic.
0: Brianna, what are you up to this week?
2: I am doing investor stuff. <laughs> I am doing investor stuff. That I still can't talk about on my Are show. Are you being alphabetized? Cool uh, I've been doing a lot of inter I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh I am. I did come out on a cool list in Worth magazine today, uh, with me right there alongside Trent Reznor, which is pretty awesome. Uh I think there's an article coming out about me in CNBC this oh, and week. and we were on a list. And uh MTV. A list. Oh, right. Yeah. So Worth all kinds of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm everywhere. Which which like there's a lot of stuff. That when comes you're up. The what li- are you talking we- about. So yeah, the oh, Worth, right, magazine Worth Magazine list. Sorry, yeah, sorry. That I was a, you, you, you Reznor, from Reznor, and from so, Resner and Nastassia Adela and, Satya right, and, right. and uh, Sarah Coning and a bunch of other cool yep. people. Yeah. And the people that did serial, I was very happy about that. So, um, and I've got I've got a lot of appearances coming up. I'm going to do Pax Dev, and um, I'm really looking forward to keynoting Grace Hopper. That's coming up pretty soon too. So, yeah. All
0: right. Well, this week, uh, I am working on the now fifth episode of the show that Courtney and I are doing, which is a little talk show called The Issue. And I now that I am more certain about the direction it's going, I have to say I'm really proud of the work that I'm doing with her, and I I love most of all the opportunity to get Courtney on camera and have her talk about some of the issues that are happening in gaming, because she is like an incredible untapped resource of information. Like she'll just say things so succinctly and wonderfully and understandably. And it's really wonderful to work with her. So we, we basically just address in five minutes an a topic every week. Like this week, we're talking about Skylander superchargers and the, in my opinion, arms race that, Activision has started with itself um so if you want to watch that check out Pixelkin's YouTube channel um and we're also doing little skits at the beginning of every episode which to be honest is my favorite part because I get to do a thing where I don't just stand and look at a camera (laughs) I run around the office like an idiot and that is my favorite thing in the world so yeah I'm really happy about that Cool. And I will also be at PAX, so, but I will well, talk more about the panel I'm doing when we get closer to PAX so that people don't forget about it. Uh, Brianna, where can we find you online? A space Gal. Awesome. Christina, what about you? I'm film underscore girl. All right. And you can find me at Doom Quasar and you can find Rocket on iTunes where you should leave us a review and some stars. We super appreciate all the ones that we have, but we're greedy because Christina <laughs> so is greedy. a wicked stepmother Must and like stars. she wants more. She just, she says more reviews, more reviews, more stars. And I, I cry at night in the attic that she makes me sleep in. Um So please, if you want to set me free personally, leave us stars on iTunes. <laughs>
2: And whoa, the show got dark, Simone. <laughs> got talk, like, dark. You're like, like, like,
1: you made it seem like oh. I'm like a dugger or, or,
2: or, 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 or who, who, like, one of who, who is the, the, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Like, it's, almost, yeah, thank you, thank like, you. I was yeah. gonna say,
1: who, who, who's the guy who, uh, who kept all the girls in, 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 in the closet in Cleveland? Like, you something me sound like that, okay, dude. You, think, you huh? know,
0: you made it sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yep, that went to a place. Sorry to drop the truth bombs on you right at the end there.
1: <laughs> I'm just going
0: to go ahead and call this episode terminated.
1: <laughs> terminated? Terminated.